Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for those leading in God's church. This is Andrew Cook. It's good to be with you again. Christian Basics, the series returns. Here on Serving Today, we come back to our Christian Basics series and we begin a new subject. You'll recall that these studies are particularly to help us in our teaching and discipling of new believers – but really they are good for all of us to be reminded about. In the course of this series, we've looked at some tremendous facts from the Bible about the greatness of God's love. That love, we've seen, is even more wonderful when we consider the background on which it is displayed, and by that I mean the dark and ugly background of our sinfulness and rebellion against God. Every one of us, the Bible teaches, has been guilty of offending God by the way we've lived. You don't really need me to tell you this, but we've all said, thought and done things we shouldn't have done. None of us has always loved God with all of our hearts all of the time. Indeed, some of us ignored God for many years and lived as if he did not exist. It's therefore all the more amazing that, in his love, God has been concerned to bring men and women and boys and girls back to himself. Indeed, so much so that we read in John chapter 3, verse 16, that he gave his own dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that all who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And when the Bible says, God gave his Son, it refers to giving his Son up to die the awful death of crucifixion. And why did God do this? Philip Bliss, the hymn writer, has expressed it so well in his hymn, Man of Sorrows, Listen to these words about Jesus and his death from the second verse of that hymn. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a saviour. That God should have done such a thing for people like us is indeed remarkable. But this is the very nature of his love. He delights to do good to the unworthy and undeserving. Well, today we come to consider a most important event in the unfolding of God's love which has yet to take place. We've the help of our friend Dr John Hall again, and when Derek French spoke with him, he asked him to set the scene for us. John began by summarising the main events in God's plan of salvation, and then introduced us to this new subject. Yes, Derek, it's most important we have the sequence of God's plan of salvation clearly in our minds. You remember the timeline that we talked about a long time ago now. God made the world. Man fell into sin. God promised a saviour. The whole of the Old Testament works out in more detail what that saviour was to be like. The saviour, the Lord Jesus, came. He lived. He died on the cross for sinners. And he rose again. Then he ascended into heaven. And as he promised, poured out the Holy Spirit. The next event in this history of salvation is the personal bodily return of the Lord Jesus Christ. All Christians are agreed that he will return, 
but the sequence of events surrounding his return is still sadly a matter of considerable disagreement amongst Christians. But let's be clear about this. Christ's second coming is a fact taught by Scripture. John, I think it would be helpful if you could remind us of some of the Bible passages that teach us about Jesus' second coming. Well, let's first of all turn to Matthew's Gospel and chapter 25 and verse 31, where Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. Now, when you think about what he means by the Son of Man, Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of Man. He used the term to describe his character and mission. The term he uses is an Old Testament term which is found in Daniel 7.13, where Daniel uses it to describe the Son of Man's dominion as an eternal dominion or kingdom. The Son of Man there comes on the clouds of heaven and was given authority and sovereign power and an everlasting dominion which would not pass away. And so when Jesus uses this title of the Son of Man, it was a title indicating that he was the Messiah. And as Jesus taught in the New Testament, he indicated that the Son of Man would suffer, would die, would rise again. And here he uses the term to point to his second coming in glory, his coming on the clouds. Let's now look at another text which speaks of his second coming, Matthew 24, 30 to 31. Derek will read this to us. At that time the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. There we see that he will be seen by all nations, no hidden coming. You remember that when Jesus ascended into heaven, and the angels spoke to the disciples afterwards. The angels pointed the apostles towards the second coming and said in Acts 1.11, which Derek will read, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. A visible bodily return. Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica who were confused about the second coming says this to them in 1 Thessalonians 4:15 to 17 According to the Lord's own word we tell you that we who are still alive who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Writing to comfort grieving believers, he gives us the sequence. The Lord will return. The dead will rise. Living Christians will be raptured, caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the sky. And they'll be transformed so that all the Christians will have resurrection bodies, glorious bodies, like Christ's body. John, you mentioned earlier that there are some differences among Christians as to the precise details of everything that will take place and that will happen surrounding the Lord's return, but 
What about the timing of it? Do we know when it will take place? Because there have been some, haven't there, who've claimed to know the precise date. Mm. What does the Bible have to say to us about that? Well, Derek, if someone tells you it will be tomorrow or at the end of the year, you can be certain that they cannot know and that they'll be wrong. Why do you say that? Because the Bible says only God the Father knows when it'll be. If you read, Derek, Matthew 24, 36 to 42. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. It's pretty clear, isn't it, there? It is indeed. No one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. It's going to be like at the time of the flood. You know, in the Old Testament, God sent a great flood to destroy the wickedness on the earth. And life was going on. Nor had preached to them the great need for them to repent and to change, but they hadn't listened. And life went on as it always had gone on. And then suddenly the flood came and they were swept away. So the Lord will come in all his glory suddenly, unexpectedly. Only those who are waiting for him, believers, will be prepared. The Apostle Peter also writes about the second coming and compares it to the flood. People were saying in the Apostle Peter's day, Oh, where is the second coming? Has God forgotten? Isn't it a long time since Christ ascended? So Peter deals with these objections, and Derek's going to read to us from 2 Peter 3, verses 3 to 10. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. So there Peter tells us that God doesn't measure time as we do. The Lord has delayed the coming so that many can be saved. Now if you listener are unsaved, now is the time to come to repentance and trust in Christ before the Lord does return. Because as he describes it there as we've read, he will come suddenly like a thief unexpectedly, when you're unprepared. The whole of the present order of things will be destroyed by fire and the earth laid bare, so it's important for you to prepare now and be saved. Paul also writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 to 3 that the time is unknown 
and will come on those unprepared, will come upon them suddenly. And Derek will read that to us now. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-3. Paul writes, Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, Peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So no one knows the day or the hour, but we all know that we should be prepared. Yes, it's very solemn, this, isn't it? Mm. So how should we respond to people who claim to know the date when Jesus will return? Well, we should respond to them by seeing their teaching as false and reject it. It can be very dangerous. People have sold up all their property and then been disappointed. Some people have even lost their lives following such advice and teaching. So you should not listen to anyone or any group who says that the Lord Jesus will come on such a date or has already come secretly. The Bible says that when he does come, it will be quite clear. Every eye will see him and we don't know the date, but we know that we should be prepared. Well, that's the end of our time together here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May the Lord help us all to be ready for his glorious return. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five. Three, four. Until next time, goodbye.